0: For more information, visit outdooredge.com. Mike check one, two, Mike check. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast, your number one source for all things hunting gear and equipment. Conversations and discussions with random people throughout the North American whitetail, elk, bow hunting, hunting period community. <laughs> I'm sorry that was the worst intro. Uh, I didn't write that down and so I apologize if you got confused there. But welcome to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host Dan Johnson and today we have another really good conversation with Another member of the Sportsman's Empire, Mr. Nate Thomas from the Missouri Woods and Water podcast. And I like having Nate on because although we, kind, we, have, different, um, we have hunting similarities, we also do a lot of things differently. So we're going to talk today about broadheads. We're going to talk today about the difference between, uh, I, I have a 30 inch draw, I think he said he has a 27 or 28 inch draw, so he has to shoot a, sh- a shorter arrow. Um, I have I, I have the ability to shoot a longer arrow with uh, a mechanical broadhead. He talks about why he chooses fixed blades. Uh, we talk about saddles, we talk about ground blinds, we talk about uh, hang ons and what scenarios to use those in or what scenarios we use those in uh, compared to, you know, uh, different times of year, different setups. Is it a pinch point? Is it a rut spot? Is it easy to access? Is it a morning hunt? Is it an afternoon hunt? So we really get into all of these, um, you know, all of these uh, really good details about, I guess it's really like four or five products today, Uh, but it's a good conversation. And I know you guys, if you guys are uh, gear nuts. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy it. Do me a favor. Go to iTunes. Leave a five-star review on the Hunting Gear Podcast. Let everybody know that it's a, it's, it's a, a good quality podcast. It's unbiased. It, uh, a lot of the information comes straight from the manufacturer when, I, when we do some of these deep dives into uh, uh, specific manufacturers, hunting gear, hunting product manufacturers. Uh, really looking forward to that. And then what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Oh, so leave a five-star review. Um, if you have any questions about products per se, or if you have some kind, you know, any questions, or there's something you want to talk about, uh, hit me up. Hit me up through Instagram. The Nine Finger Chronicles is the best way. Send me a message. Say, hey, Dan, talk about this, or get this company on the podcast, and I'll do my best to do that. So, appreciate all you guys listening and making this uh, podcast uh, pretty popular. And then uh, we do have one commercial today and that is code blue. So code blue is a brand new podcast for or a, a brand new partner of the nine finger chronicles and the hunting gear podcast. And if you're not familiar with them, you need to go check out their website. Um, I'm really interested in the mock scrape kits that they have because this year I'm going to be, uh, I've been planning on doing for years now, um, I've been planning on doing some, you know, setting up some mock scrapes. So I have two main farms. I'd love to get a couple mock scrapes on each farm. They have a very simple kit that allows you to do that. And so I am uh, I'm looking forward to running a lot of mock scrapes. If you're the scent type of guy, whether that is, you know, you want uh, scent elimination products, or you're looking for the dough and estrus, or you're looking for, you know, uh, buck lures to put in scrapes, uh, that kind of stuff. They have a like, really, really strict collection process where they collect their urine, and it's one buck or one deer per bottle or bag. And so it's not a mix. Uh, they do have synthetics, but the real urine, the real tarsal glands uh, come from one deer per bag. And so that's really interesting, and I, I, uh, uh, it just means it's uh, quality controlled. So go check out their website, and uh, I'm going to be able to provide you with a discount code on the next episode of the uh, Hunting Gear Podcast. I don't have it right now, but I'm going to provide it to you, so stay tuned for that. All right, let's cut to the chase, and let's get into today's Hunting Gear Podcast episode where we talk about broadheads, tree stands, with my man, Nate Thomas. Three, two, one... All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we are joined by another brother from the Sportsman's Empire, Mr. Nate Thomas of the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. What's up, man? Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Um, Baseball. We've got to talk a little bit about baseball because I know your son's in baseball. My son... Just finished his last regular season game last night, and now we have state this upcoming weekend. And, gee, many Christmas. Like, it's just been busy and crazy, and I didn't know that the level of competition at this age group was so cutthroat.
1: No, it's – I I have learned that the era that you and I grew up in is no longer a thing. Is gone. It's gone. It's gone. I've got – a 12 year old in, in competitive baseball and a 15 year old daughter in competitive softball. And I, I just got, we just got home late, uh, late Sunday night from Nebraska from softball. Man. And the weekend before that, the 12 year old boy was down in Springfield, Missouri at state baseball. Yeah. And you're just like, dear Lord, it, it's you're always somewhere. And yeah, you're, you're almost, you almost wonder if it's worth it, but then you watch them mm-hmm. and you watch, you know, the, the, I don't know how old your son is doing it but you watch the camaraderie they they grow with these kids that yep. don't go to their like my daughter All the team's on her the girls on her team not a single one of them go to the same school. Well, few of them do but not her. She doesn't yeah. go to school with any of these girls. And some of these girls are her best friends, you know, and it's yeah. that's that's really cool I will say. Um but yeah, when when you get home late at night and they're tired and stuff you're like man, I I just know if it's worth it but the problem today's world is they can't go play rec ball in their towns anymore if they are a decent ball player. Yeah. Cause they're just, there's like one team and some yeah. of those kids don't even play baseball before. And it's, yep. Yep. Uh, it's and a, it's a weird world, but it's, it's fun overall.
0: Where, where, are, where are we going wrong in as parents by, so I look at this and I go, Hey, I was on one, we had one baseball league. They mixed all the kids up. Uh, all the kids played and uh, and then they had an all-star team so the best kids from all the teams got together and then they then they did the traveling and stuff like that okay yeah. so now if you even want to play in high school or even middle school or whenever whenever the the school teams start, you have got to be on club teams you, like there's no none of this coach pitch stuff anymore. I mean, it's no. it's full throttle baseball at this point. And I don't necessarily know if I like that. Well, if I, like I don't it that know much. either
1: because I feel bad for, I mean, like you said, if you want to play in high school, you don't have to play club ball all the way to high school, Yeah, but you will be so far behind the rest of the kids by the time you get to high school yep. that that's why you won't play because they're that much more developed. Yeah. And I kind of feel bad for some of those kids because they're just like they're just being like you and I were when we were back in school. Like yep. that's how it was with us. We you played on the same, one team. Yep. And then there was an all-star team at the end that you went to like maybe like one or two tournaments right. afterwards. In, yep. in in the same area you lived. And that's yep. how it was. Yep. And that's then you moved on to football. And then you moved on to wrestling and basketball or whatever. Yep. And now it's just totally different
0: so all these kids are having to specialize in a sport at a younger age when studies show that and i saw this the other day studies show that kids who participate in more sports not just one sport actually become better athletes in a single sport when they get older so yeah i don't know look at all the pros yep
1: Like look at all the pros out there, almost all of them are are multi sport athletes. Multi sport athletes,
0: athletes. yep. Yep. That's
1: the one thing we won't let our kids do is pick one. Right. You know, even like my son loves football. My other son loves wrestling. Mm -hmm. That's great, but you're still gonna do the other ones that you like because we're not we're not doing wrestling you know, twenty four seven, three sixty five. We're not gonna do softball. 24/7, 24, seven, 365. Right. You're going to do several sports that you enjoy. Now, if you freaking hate everything else, but this one sport, yeah. I, that's a different story, but most kids aren't that way. Most kids, like when I was growing up, my favorite sport was the sport I was playing at that moment. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then I moved on to the next one. And now that's my favorite sport. Yeah. So that's why I want them to keep trying different stuff, but yeah, it
0: absolutely. gets harder. Yeah. That's a fact. And the politics, man. Oh Jesus, man. The politics, <laughs> So we're on a on a school on a school club in a school club where there are three three kids at or three teams at my boys' age group. Well now we're breaking out of that and we're going independent with our, our own team that he'll be on. And I just he's not gonna be associated with the school anymore. Per se, all this, all the kids on the team are going to be from, uh, most of the kids, I should say one, two, two of the kids are not going to be from his school, uh, from his district, but everybody else will be. So we'll still be able to call ourselves by a law part of that school district, but we can't have the same team name as the school district. So I don't know, man. And then you got like moms chirping like oh, shit. the emails coming into the head coach and shit that he shared with me I'm just like what? Like your kid isn't playing. You know why he's not playing? Cuz he's not good. <laughs> like dude,
1: he's you want to be- hear some funny stories? Just talk to me off air. Yeah, I believe it. I, I've got some hilarious stories over. I mean, my daughter's damn near 16 years old, so yeah. like we've been living this life now in the softball world since, you know, she was playing 8U or whatever. Yeah. And uh yeah, you you've You've seen it all, yeah. honestly. Once you've uh, get that, get that far, in that life,
0: yeah, yep. for sure. Well, let's talk about something. Something I don't, I don't want to say more fun because I love watching my boy uh, play uh, softball. I love watching my girl do her dance stuff and things like that. But a different kind of fun. How about that? A different, a different, different kind of fun. And that's hunting gear and equipment, which is why I call this the Hunting Gear Podcast. But listen, I want to talk about scenarios. Um, and what type of, you know, I think w- what we'll do is we'll just kind of get into it. It's going to be hard for me to explain and, and I want to kick it off with mechanical versus fixed blade broadheads. And, and so I'll, I'll kick it off just so you get an idea of what, what I want to talk about today. But in the past, I have been a mechanical broadhead guy, uh, for whitetails from a tree stand uh even from a ground blind uh from a saddle i'm going to be shooting a mechanical broadhead most of my shots my longest shot ever on a whitetail has been 34 yards i believe it was 34 35 yards and that was in timber he just happened to step into a, a gap and i shot him but outside of that everything has been inside um Inside 25 yards, thus I want something. I know that at 25 yards, unless I hit some kind of dense shoulder bone, that mechanical broadhead with my arrow setup, 524 grains uh, total arrow weight, goes into that animal. It's going to do a lot of damage. And so I am a I'm a fan of fixed blade broadheads when hunting whitetails. Now, when I step outside of that. And you know you guys go elk hunting every year. I like to then go because it's a much bigger animal. There is a potential. There is a potential for maybe a longer shot uh, on elk. And I'm gonna probably use the same arrow, but I'm gonna be using a fixed blade broadhead. And and so the reason from that is if it is a longer shot, it is a bigger animal. That arrow is not gonna lose energy when that blade opens. And I'm gonna. You know, when I hit it, it's going to go in and the goal is to get obviously two holes that probably won't happen on an elk, but that's the goal anyway. And so right. uh, that's, that's how I, that's how I lay out my, my broadhead selection. What are, what do you do?
1: I think it, I th- you already explained it basically, right? Because right. for me, I'm kind of the exact opposite of you. I, I just got a new bow this year. So I had a lot of uh, bow tuning done and, and I know my, per- my exact setup. You're running a, a 524 grain arrow, I think you said. Yep. Mine come in at 416. Okay. Because I'm 27 inch draw. So I'm shooting shorter arrows. Uh, my arrows are a 300 spine. You might be a 250. I don't know. But so they're a little lighter mm-hmm. per inch. And so I've got a lighter arrow. So this year, now, now last year I did for Whitetail shoot a, a mechanical. Okay. But I'm so damn OCD that I need I need to try to get everything together. So I'm moving to a, a good cut-on contact fixed blade this year because I'm going out, like you said, hunting elk in Wyoming, and I'll obviously be hunting whitetail. So I want the, the broadhead to cut the second it touches the animal and not lose as much energy as possible
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I'm already at 4'16", and 253 feet per second so i'm a slower arrow that's lighter mm-hmm. you're shooting a heavier arrow that's still probably faster than what i'm shooting because your draw link is most likely i've seen you you're taller than me you're a bigger dude it's probably at least 29 30 inch draw yep i'm shooting 27 so there's a lot of like variances between the way your bow setup is and mine yeah so I'm I'm all cut on contact, fixed blade all the way. Yeah. Uh, moving forward I think right now.
0: Yeah. And especially when I did go out on my elk hunts, I was using a uh, a fixed blade then. And I stuck because I don't I, I don't want to have to retune my arrows when I have to put a new broadhead on. Right, I'm gonna right. shoot the same head all year for all animals, and so the year that I ended up, that I, the years that I've gone on these elk hunts, I think it's been four of them, I, I, I kept that same head in the, um, uh, in, in the whitetail woods. Now, something happened kind of crazy in 2018 when uh, a, a, one of my target bucks comes out of this draw. Uh, and I'm hunting inside of the timber on this field edge. And he, he pretty much came up to just sent, check the field. The wind was kind of blowing into him. Um, and so I just, the, my wind just quartered. He turned into me before the, the, he caught the wind and I was taking off a rain jacket at the time. So my bow's on the hook. I'm taking off my rain jacket. I set it down. He walks through one of my shooting lanes. I am able to grab my bow pretty quickly, get anchored in. And uh, he was hard quartering away. And I had to kneel down in my stand to take the shot. Well, long story short, I hit him in the ham. Okay? But because of that fixed blade, I got a ton of penetration. And I was shooting 500. uh, it wasn't as heavy as the one I'm new, shooting now. It was like four ninety-five or or five hundred, some somewhere like right around there. And it went all. It hit his ham, went through his ham, went through all of his guts, popped his diaphragm. I think I nicked, or I got liver, and then I nicked a little bit of the lung underneath, just a a very little bit, which kept him bleeding the whole time. And then the the arrow came out of his uh, his opposite side shoulder blade. And there's no way I'm getting that type of penetration with a mechanical broadhead. You know what I mean. And and I probably would have not recovered that whitetail. Uh, I don't. I'm 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 almost certain I would have not recovered that whitetail if I did not have a uh, a fixed blade on there. So you know, it, it's hard to say. Here here's why I like mechanicals for one one reason uh and it's because especially in the whitetail world they do an absolute ton of damage ton of damage so that's kind of where it's like
1: it's like you want you want everything you want damage and penetration yep but and you can get it with mechanicals if you hit the right spot i mean obviously if you hit straight lungs and don't hit anything outside of bone, you're probably gonna pass through and, and do some major damage. Yeah. Um the way I'm looking at it just with my setup and remember everybody's setup is different. Yep. Um you know I'm a shorter guy with a lighter arrow that's running slower. So I just want to get as deep into the animal's cavity as I can. Yep. Because I'm already hurting myself. Yep. So that's the way I look at it. Now you got other guys like yourself that have heavier arrows that are still probably running faster than mine mm-hmm. you can afford to put something on there that's gonna you know poke a giant hole as soon as it starts you know opening up um, and still might make it further in than me yeah but um that's just kind of my and you know the fixed blade I'm picking it's a it's a pretty large blade set up as far as um the surface it's not like I'm poking a, a little quarter inch hole in there yeah but uh, that's just kind of why i've chosen to go fixed blade is no, obviously because of elk and then i just feel like i want to try to get as much penetration as i can now if you if you hit them double lung and it doesn't matter what the hell you're shooting they're gonna die yeah but um obviously shot selection is number one but then after that you know you want to try to play the odds and in that case i'm playing the odds i want to get as deep as i can yeah so yeah what
0: what heads are you using uh they're
1: the most expensive heads i probably could find but they're they're iron wheel solids
0: okay so they're heavy yeah. duty are they 150 grain
1: no they're 100s that's oh, 100. why i'm a little okay. bit lighter
0: okay yeah. okay that makes yeah. sense um yeah uh, yeah those are a pretty well-built broadhead and and so i i'm a huge fan of wasp broadheads yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with be because of I. It's the first pack of broadheads that I ever shot, and I very rarely lost any deer throughout the years uh, with them, and so I I was able to recover my deer, and I was pretty happy with it. But with that said, um, the if I'm gonna I have to I have to have this in full disclosure because um, Wasp definitely. I mean, they pay me. Um, I've been, I've had an absolute great relationship with these guys. Their heads are made in America, which is another thing that I really like. Um, Iron Will too, right? Or no. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. So there's they two, are. yeah, two brands made in America. That's awesome. So I know that the durability is going to be there. The materials is going to be there. The craftsmanship is going to be there. And that, that makes it confident for me. Um, but the only thing and a lot of other broadheads are like this too in the, in the jackhammers that I use Uh, when I'm, when I'm inside 30, it's not an issue, but when you're outside of that, you know, you're, you're starting to stretch out to 40, maybe a little bit longer. Um, the, when the blades open from the top down, right. And they're on that hinge, not a, not a, uh, like rage has their, their slip cams where, it start They start up and they slide down. They don't open up like the wasps do. I've never seen any type of studies about energy loss on broadheads. Um, you know, they always talk about penetration, but they don't... I think it... Obviously, energy loss is what leads to uh, a lack of penetration. So the wasp jackhammers that I use, they do a ton of damage, but I'm almost, I'm pretty sure that there's a good amount of energy loss going into it. Um, I shot my deer in 2020 into the chest. He was, he was right at me and I put it right in him and it made it all, but you know, all but five or all, but five inches into him. But then if I was shooting that same animal with a fixed blade, I'm sure it just would have went all the way through him, right? Right yeah. out right out his ham or something, or his guts or something. So,
1: And there's some pretty cool um, – I don't know if you've heard of Sever broadheads, but they're a mechanical uh, broadhead. Yep. I don't know where they're made. I know they're out in Northwest America somewhere, but um, I shot those. I've never shot an animal with them, Yep. so I, I can't tell you anything with that. But uh, Andy did, mm-hmm. and what's cool about their broadhead is – it's deployment. So it deploys from the front and then it's got some sort of a, uh, um, like a pulley system, not a pulley, a pivot system. Mm-hmm. So like, as the blades are going through the animal, if they hit a bone, it pivots so that, Oh yeah. Yep. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't lose all that energy that it's wasting going through the bone. It, it basically falls off. Yeah. And then as soon as the bone gives way it, it pops back up. Um, that's pretty cool. I don't know, you know, wh- what that would do differently than, like, a brand that stays open and doesn't, you know, matter. But yeah. um, I bought those because there's a guy, he's actually in Iowa, uh, where you are, Lusk Archery Adventures. I don't okay. know if you've heard of John Lusk. Yeah, the name he, sounds he, familiar. He, he tests broadheads. That's what he does. Yeah. He's got a YouTube channel. That's all he does is test broadheads. And um, that sever, several years ago, it tested pretty well. And so I, I bought a few of them. They're not that expensive. Um, but I've, like I said, I've never shot them on an animal. I mean, truth be told, I've never shot a deer with a, a, a mechanical broadhead yet. Okay. It's always been fixed blade. Yeah. Um, I've been yeah. hunting with mechanicals, but I've never shot one. So I, I can't really speak on mechanicals. I mean, those severs are the first mechanicals I ever bought. And that was two years ago. So. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. I'll, I'll say this, man. Um, I shot a doe one year with, I mean, it was a 20 yard chip shot, maybe even a little closer. She came out, I drew back, she was a slight quartering away and I hit her. I went through her front side lung, went through her backside lung. And then I hit her, uh, the, uh, shoulder joint up front mm-hmm. and I knocked her flat down. Right. And the arrow <laughs> pinned her to the ground. And so, and then she had, she was struggling to get up and then she ran and then she fell over like, you know, 20 yards later. And I don't like, I don't, I don't think, think I would have got a pass through with a mechanical, but that was with a boss, uh, a boss four blade from Wasp. So that was, that was pretty impressive. And, and so I don't know. Uh, Now here's the question and and it's, it's pretty easy. I I think I know the answer for you. It's going to be if you had to choose between any of them, it would be a fixed blade, right? You're choosing yeah. a fixed blade. Yeah. I also think that if you had to tell me I can only use one broadhead for all creatures, then I would also choose a fixed blade. But because I have the ability to choose and I, you know, I'm going to go hunt white tails. I'm going to go hunt mule deer relatively close. Then I am going to, you know, I am going to, sh- uh, I would probably pick a, pick a fixed blade, but you know, I'm glad I have the options.
1: There's so many like, uh, like fixed blade. Yeah. I would pick those. But then yeah. at the same time, if you're, if you're a detail oriented person, at least yep. there's, there's more setup to a fixed blade. You know, I'm very anal about my blades and yeah. the arrow it's on. Yeah. So once I find an arrow that a broadhead likes to sit on uh, when I tune them, I number that arrow and I number that broadhead and they're together for the rest of the season. Yeah. That is, there's a lot more work in the fixed blade with the freaking, the severs or even like the wasp, uh, jackhammer like you were talking about, you can screw that freaking thing on any one of your arrows and go hunt. You know, it's, it's easier and there's something to be said for that because it's nice. Yeah. But, um, if I, if I had to pick, I'd still go on the fixed side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Now, do you do much hunting out of, like, box blinds or uh, ground blinds? Zero. I hate them. I'm just going to get that out of the way quick because, <laughs> you know, I've spent, I've spent my whole life in a tree. Like All my hunting has been done from a, a saddle or a tree stand, right, just recently out of a saddle. But most of the time it's yeah. been from a, a hang-on tree stand or when, when I was real young a ladder stand. I get into a blind and I just feel claustrophobic. In a, in a way, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I should, I, I need to see more or, or, yeah. right. And so obviously box blinds and ground blinds have their value, probably for kids, probably for people who uh, have destination food sources or food plots or things like that. But for me, man, I can't like, I would rather sit on the ground and just be still then than, yeah. than be in a ground blind you
1: you hit the nail on the head i don't need to say much more dude yeah. i i i i will never myself probably be in a box blind if i'm hunting or yeah. blind of any sort yeah. now like last year my son chase killed his first deer out of a, a blind right but that's because i had a little boy with me
0: yeah
1: um and actually andy was with us too so there's three of us those definitely have their place yeah and I've got one I've got one sitting in my shop right now that still needs to be put together a tower and a blind yeah but you dude when they when they say it's a blind it's not just a blind for the animals it's a blind for the hunter I hate it I I feel I can't smell the woods anymore I can't feel the wind on my the back of my neck I can't I feel like I'm just watching a tv of the woods yeah you know in front of me and dude, I can't tell how I cannot tell you how many times last year, or the year before, that I, you know, had an area I wanted to go to, and I just went and sat on the ground. Yeah. I would much rather be on the ground out with nature than being a blind. That's just me. I've never liked them. Probably never will. Yeah. But as the kids hunt, I I have used them just because they they serve a purpose for that um, for that area. But basically. You won't catch me in one if I'm by myself.
0: Right. Okay. Um, so then uh, I think I heard you once. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's somebody else. You, do you have ladder stands? You use ladder stands? I,
1: oh yeah. For the boys. For, for sure. the boys. Yeah. yeah okay.
0: Yeah. Um, again, perfect for kids. Um, maybe older hunters, even like if you, if you're a, like a rifle hunter, you can get into one fairly easy down a, a clear cut or a road or something like that. Uh do you personally have any ladder stands let's say in good rut spots or or in some of your yeah. best spots
1: yeah i do i mean uh well i don't think you can see him but that deer right there no it's that one he was killed out of a ladder stand okay um what what i'll do with them i actually put five together last two weekends ago okay uh i did this whole story about it. it was an entire day of putting double ladder stands but the only ladder stands i own are doubles and what I'll do is if it's in a property that I know I, I'm going to be at for a while, um, I will pick areas that I like and I'll find a good tree that a double ladder stand can go in, in and I will hang that tree and I will prepare that area okay. for that stand. Okay. Uh, doesn't mean I won't hunt out of another tree near that stand by myself, but it's, it's so that So when the, when the boys first started going with me, I had a lot of daddy, I want to go with you tonight. And I had to go, Hey bud, where I'm going, you can't be with me
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, because I'm going back here to this, this hang on, or I've got my stuff on my back. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Well, I really got tired of telling my sons no. So I started setting up these doubles in areas i like to be too, so that if they wanted to go, I could take them and we could get in a double together and, and. Once again, I said I hate blinds. I still hate them even that the boys are with me if I can help it. Yeah. So I'd rather be in a, a double tree stand than a, uh, a blind. Yeah. So I'll I'll hang them in those areas that I like. Um, and I'm not scared to put them in areas that I would, I would be during the rut or, you know, pushing in. I don't think bothering areas during the summertime really affect the deer that much if you're in there for a couple hours and you're out of there. Right. I honestly make as much noise as I can when I'm setting them up so that the deer are well aware that I'm in there working, um, you know, drive the side-by-side back there, make sure they know you're there. Uh, then I don't think it really affects them. And so my plan is for those five double stands to go throughout a few of my properties, just so the boys can go with me as much as possible this next year. Um, so yeah, I have no problem hunting out of a double. And then sometimes If I get some information, for instance, the deer behind me that I killed two seasons ago now, um, I felt like he was going to come from a certain way. And I happen to have this tree stand right on a path because of the way I set it up. And I'm like, man, I just, I don't see how he's not going to scent check and he's not going to use this path. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why he wouldn't use it. And he, he, he did exactly what I thought he would do he came straight down the path with his nose to the ground and walked within 20 yards of me and and got shot. So, um, you know, they serve their purpose and I'll probably always use double ladder stands some somehow for at least the next 10 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that's a great point. I mean, I, and eventually at some point, I'm going to get my kids in the tree with me too. And I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna have to have something like that. Time. the issue is like ground blind versus double ladder stand like especially if it's a young kid I, I definitely think ground blinds have their place because really if you're hunting out of a ground blind with a kid then I feel through managed expectations that I would understand that you know it's not necessarily gonna go down tonight you know what I mean like I'm if I'm out there hunting I'm the hunter and I bring in my kid with me uh I'm probably just doing it to be convenient for them, you know, probably, I don't know, I'm not going after the big buck, you know what I mean, like I would, you know, from a strategy standpoint, so I don't know. Um, And, and as time goes on, like, I've
1: learned a lot since I started taking my sons, like the first, my son Caden, first time I ever took him hunting with me, I went out and set up two hang on stands perpendicular to each other in a tree. Yeah and what i did was i was like well what i'll do is i'll have him in front of me and then i'll have him get into the stand on the uh south side and then i'll sit on the one facing west yep. and he'll be right next to me it'll be great well i didn't think of the fact that he was fucking terrified climbing that tree uh, in the dark no it was it was an evening sit so oh, we okay were going in the, but you know you're talking about tree sticks instead of a ladder mm-hmm. so you know you're 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 you it's it's like for a kid, I can see where it would be much more scary than climbing a ladder right. where you can just go up just like a, uh, a a ladder. Right. And I remember that night vividly. Like, I don't remember a lot about my life, but that I remember because, like, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, am I going to make him finish this climb or yeah. are we going to not hunt tonight? Right. And, you know, I, I was a dick and I was like, no, you're you're almost there. Mm-hmm. Get your ass up the tree and you can do it. hmm. And, you know, when he got up there after he got set down, then he had the time of his life. Right. And then, and then we had to climb down in the dark and he was scared again. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I just, I just, I mean, I will set up a, a, a double setup again because now he's been hunting with me for several years and he's right. not scared of it anymore, but I just want to try to make it easy on him. Right. Because at the same time, they're still 10 years old, you know, 10, yeah. 11 years old. It, they're still kids and they're not us. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to like star them and, you know, have some shit happen or something like that. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, that's where the, the ladder stand is just really, really yeah, nice.
0: Perfect. And so I heard you mention that you are going to be messing around with a saddle uh, this yeah. year. Uh, why? So
1: I got a new property okay. to me and I just got it uh, like two and a half weeks ago
0: okay
1: so scouting is not really much of an option this year i mean you obviously you can go walking through the woods but seeing their travel their travel corridors are a lot harder in the middle of the summer than they are in the winter time and i don't really want to go blowing through there that often right now um as much as i can help it and so i got a new property so i have done a little bit i put some mineral out um where i could and i've got some cameras out obviously Mm -hmm. And as I'm in there doing that stuff, I'm just really paying attention. And this is funny to say, but the two other farms that I hunt, those farms suck for trees. Okay. You know, they've got like one of them is just nothing but hedge trees. And, you know, like getting a double ladder stand into some of those has been the big. I mean, it's like you're just spending half your time with a chainsaw. Right. Um. So this place, though, I've noticed has a lot of straight trees with not a lot of understory. Mm hmm. Uh, well, some understory, obviously, but straight trees, and I'm just like I could be in that one, I could be in that one, I yeah. could be in that one, and I just thought, dude, I'm, I don't know this property. It's probably gonna take me this year to learn this property as I'm hunting, mm-hmm. and that just brought me back to one thing, saddle. Yeah, um, you know my running gun setup that I had before with a uh, a tree stand. It's fine, but it's heavy as shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't like carrying it in.
0: What were you using?
1: It, it's an X. I love, I like the stand, but it's an XOP Vanish. Yep. And then I've got the, the tree stand transport system on it. Yep. And then at the time I was, I'm using Hawk Helium sticks yep. with daisy chains instead of the the, the the buckles. But every time I would go in and hunt with it, and I haven't done that in a couple of years now, um, I would feel like I was packing an elk in, right? Oh, like yeah. it was heavy. You know, like, well, what I would do is I would have the tree stand on my back and I would fold the seat down and then I would place my backpack on that seat and I would strap everything together. Mm-hmm. Now, I probably had more stuff in my backpack than I needed to have, but it just, it wasn't fun for me. Right. I wasn't enjoying going in like that. Uh, it was just too heavy. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, if I'm going to be doing this running gun stuff at this new property where I need to see new stuff and new spots and, you know, I might see a buck 80 yards away one night and I need to make a move two nights later. It's just, it's a, it's a saddle. I mean, they there's so many companies now that make good stuff and you've heard enough good things about them that yeah. I, it was a pretty easy decision to make. So, yeah, I got one.
0: Yeah, I got a new one too this year. Uh, it's called the Lockdown from Tethered. And the, the thing that I really, really, really like about it is it's got two like pockets, not necess- they're not pockets, but there's uh, little packages, little containers that you can unzip, uh, that you and put stuff in. And so I'm the kind of guy who likes to, whenever I do a run and gun, everything is in my pockets or in my, like my hoodie. And so mm-hmm. I'll be able to easily pull out a bow rope or pull out a, um, a screw-in step or something like that. So I have the other saddle, um, as well. The man, the XL or whatever. I've, shit, I forget the name of it right now. But anyway, so that one worked great. But I felt like I was still having to dig in. You know, I was digging in my pockets and and uh, you know trying to get my backpack off and things like that. This one, everything's going to be right on my hip. And so it's going to be easy to set up. And then by the time I'm up the tree, the only thing I have to do is hang my backpack up, pull my bow up, hang it. And I'm set. I'm good. Right. I'm yeah. good to go. So,
1: yeah, I'm pretty excited. I mean, like I said, I, I, all I have is the saddle and the platform right now. I still got to get my sticks and, and uh, whatever else I need. But so I haven't like tried it yet and played right. with it. So I'm, Obviously, I've got to practice because it's different than a tree stand. But, dude, the platform—I got the larger platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I all my stuff, its a trophy line setup, and so I got the the mission platform, I think it's called. And it's bigger, but it's bigger than the small one. But it's like nothing, dude. You can just sit there and, yeah. like, hold it in your the palm of your hand almost. So, yeah. I'm excited. I'm just excited about that. And then you're gonna be wearing the the saddle into the woods yep. um so i haven't decided what sticks i'm gonna go with yet uh obviously trophy line has a, a setup that i might go with but um i've heard a lot of good shit about those tethered one sticks yeah. Yeah. um just so how light they are yeah and they're, they're uh, stuff light. like that so
0: yeah. yeah they're pretty light um hang-ons like i still feel i still feel like tree stands definitely have their place. And the reason I, like I'm still mobile, uh, but I feel like I'm going to have across all of my properties, I'm going to have four total, that's like 600 some acres of only four preset tree stands. The rest is going to be bouncing around on a a, uh, a saddle. And uh, obviously all of my out-of-state hunts will be from a saddle. But I feel like Hang-ons definitely have their place, especially in like a morning hunt, right? I don't care who you are setting up, going mobile uh, in the pitch black dark sucks a little bit, right? You can't see your, you know, obviously you got your headlamp on. You want to be as quiet and less intrusive as possible, but there are you know, even if you got a saddle, even if even if you think you're a pro at setting up, there's still a little bit of intrusion versus walking to a preset uh, tree stand and climbing straight up it and snapping in. No
1: doubt. And that 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 property I'm telling you about, I'm probably going to set up a few of them. Yeah. Because I've got a few, and I've picked what I think is a good spot. Yeah. I, I love hang on still, and from a running gun standpoint, I mean. You 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 used to and yep. still probably will at some point. That's all you did was, mm-hmm. was run a gun with a hang on. The issue I had was my setup probably just wasn't the best, right? Right. Um, you know, like my XOP just a little heavier than a lone wolf, a mm-hmm. um, little heavier than maybe a few others. The Hawks, the hawk sticks that I had, a little heavier than the rest. Yeah. The way I took it in, probably put way too much shit in my backpack. Yeah, You know, compared to what I needed to have in there. It could have been easier. Right. But, you know, uh, that there's definitely a place for that. But I, the way I looked at it for this next year is if I'm going to run and gun one way or the other, I'm going to go as light as I can because then I'll do it. Yeah. If, it, if it's heavy and I don't want to do it, I'm not going to. Right. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go as light as I can, and that's obviously going to be a saddle. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, The thing that I need to figure out is I'm the guy who goes to my tree stand in just a, like, I, I, I take off layers and add layers throughout an entire hunt. Right. By the time I get to a tree, I'm usually soaking wet with sweat. Yeah. You know, um, unless I just wear a base layer and, and pull the, what I call the freeze method where I'm just so cold, uh, but by the time I climb up the tree, I start to warm up, and then I start throwing layers on. And if I time it right, I can do it, but most of the time, I'm, 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 I'm wet, I'm sweaty. And then, you know, that the base layer's there. The issue that I'm, like with a saddle, is just like the layering part of it, right? The, the, what, what I gotta try to figure out is how I'm going to layer my clothes uh, in a saddle. I hadn't thought of that yet. Yep. Yeah, that'll be weird because I'm the
1: same way. I get hot easy. So
0: yeah, most of my most of my saddle hunts have been in just throw a jacket on, right? I was able to stand up on the platform, uh, put my jacket on, and then I was good. But we're not talking about bib anything about bib overalls. We're not talking, and I think the way most of the bib overalls they snap, unsnap down a little bit, so I might be able to tuck the front part of the saddle up into it buckle up and then and then button it up close with just the ropes hanging out of the uh the overalls
1: yeah because isn't that i mean obviously people just heard i just got one so i haven't hunted out of one yet but one of the things that people i guess complain about quote unquote is you know like their jackets riding up on them yep and exposing their back or whatever so like a lot of people talk about hunting out of bibs because it's uh it's nice then you don't have that problem i've never been a bib wearer. i've got a few and i might wear them but um that's a good point i never really thought of that because you know my thought was i was going to put the saddle on out the truck and then go in yep but or do you wait until you get to the base of the tree and then make sure you put on what you need to put on for that hunt yeah before that right i guess i'll have to figure that out as i'm hunting
0: yeah yeah. for sure that's just just one more thing you got to think about when you know trying new equipment um but you know the more i've watched saddle hunting i used to think that there was a lot of movement in saddle hunting right where uh you know if you're in a tree stand you're just sitting there you can turn your head and look maybe you can stand up and turn around but I feel like if I set my saddle up right, and I, I messed around with this a lot, it's, it's almost more of a natural movement to swing. It's not, I don't know, I feel like it's more like a tree branch would move than it would be standing up straight, turning around in a stand. Um, you know, I, I haven't gotten busted in a saddle yet. I haven't killed a deer out of a saddle either, but I haven't gotten busted yet either. So, uh, and I had some I had some pretty close encounters with a doe, some like a doe group this year, and so I was I don't know uh, I'm looking forward to expanding my knowledge base uh, of saddle hunting.
1: That's a perfect way to put it. I'm yeah. looking forward to, well, here's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to cussing at the freaking thing, <laughs> and saying this is stupid, because that that I guarantee you the first time I go to use it that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> that's funny and. And then I'll be like, I'll probably call Mike and be like, nah, screw this. I'm not hunting out of this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And then by the third time, I'm going to just be like, this is the best thing ever. Anything I ever do. That's how it goes. So
0: you'll bitch about the saddle not being right, but then you'll go back to the tree stand. Then you'll bitch about it being too heavy. Right. (laughs) So yeah, I'm the same. I'm looking
1: forward to being super agitated for the first couple like weeks of my hunting season. Yeah. Uh, out of a saddle and it's not the saddle's fault and it's not going to be anybody's fault, but my own, because stuff always comes up that you don't think about. Right. You know, like we just, we just talked about the, the clothing thing, you know, something's going to come up that I'm like, Oh man, I, this, I really wish there was something I had right here for my, my bag to pull up. Yeah. Or why the hell am I going back down the tree? I need to have this and I'll be aggravated that entire hunt yep. because I didn't think of that before. And then eventually I'll work all my kinks out and then I'll be happier in hell. But yeah. I know it's coming. It always does. Yeah. So
0: For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, let's see here. Do you ever wear rubber boots? Never. Never. Neither do I. I was gonna you know, I feel like rubber boots maybe have their place on a on a warmer weather, really wet scenario. I know a lot of guys in the South pretty much, you know, if they're hunting swamps, you'd gotta you have to have rubber boots. Uh, but for me, uh, there's always some kind of high ground to walk on. I, uh, unless it's like, unless I had to cross a Creek that I couldn't jump over or do a quick splash into, I'm, I'm not, I'm not wearing rubber boots, but, uh, I think that's it, man. That's all I really, those, those two things are really what I wanted to cover today. Uh, in, in those types of scenarios. Um, Oh, saddle, saddle versus Hang on, really. I, you know, we we're talking about scenarios. Uh, ground blind's great for food plot hunting. Great for uh, rifle hunting, long, longer distances, maybe uh, kids, that kind of stuff. Hang ons, sure. hang ons. There's a lot of overlap, in my opinion, between hang ons and um, uh, hang ons and saddles, especially when I, I feel like. And maybe I'm wrong on this, but I feel like with my saddle, I, I had to trim a little bit more compared to getting a tree stand in. And the reason I say that is because when you're, you know, you're facing the tree, so then you have to, you know, you got to shoot, you're shooting, you're, sometimes you're shooting towards the tree. And I felt like I had, like when I was doing my running guns with saddle hunting, I had to, I had to trim a little bit more around my body level than I did with um and maybe it's because with a saddle you get you have more shot opportunity on the back side of the tree than you yeah, do think, with a stand right. so maybe that's what I was trying to get at
1: I think and also hang-ons are like super versatile like if you think about it you can there's hang-ons that are little as hell that you can run and gum with there's big ass hang-ons you can like so honestly hang-ons almost can be like a ladder stand Yep, in some instances where you can do what I was talking about, where you have two and one tree, and you take a kid in it. Yeah. You can have a small hang on where you're running and gunning. You mm-hmm. can have larger hang ons that you preset, yep. which is basically a ladder stand, but it's not. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so um, I will always have hang ons. I, I I will have a lot of preset setups because I like to do that. Yeah. Uh. So they're they're super versatile. Um. I definitely we'll always use those Uh, just because I'm using a saddle this year. does not mean I won't be in a hang out of hang ons, maybe as much. And honestly, we didn't even talk about this, but there is one type of hunting that has intrigued me more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And I've done more and more of it and that's hunting off the ground. Yeah,
0: you're right. Um, You're right.
1: So, I mean, because all the stuff we just talked about, that can all go away Mm -hmm. when you're off the ground and you're, now, obviously, there's, there's negatives to hunting off the ground, and I definitely understand those negatives. Every time I'm ever on the ground, I think to myself, boy, it'd be nice to be 10 feet up in the air right
0: now. Oh, absolutely.
1: You know? Yeah. But, man, I'm telling you, it's just so free. Yeah. It's just such a free feeling that there's another option for people. If you don't have the money to go buy a saddle, you don't have the money to buy a few hang-ons and hang them or some ladder stands, just go sit at the base of a tree and stay still yeah play, play the wind the same way yep um you need to worry about your wind a little more mm-hmm. out on the ground for sure because now you're 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 right there right but dude there's i know a buddy of one of our partners he's a habitat guy he is a straight up killer and he does not hunt out of anything but his own two feet
0: yeah so yeah. My know, there's man. lots of people up. Yeah, my dumb ass is messing up, messing that up somehow. <laughs> I'm too I'm big sure. to be stealthy. Uh, like that I wasn't. Is true. You I, are a large man. I was not born to be quiet. So like I'm not a cheetah. I'm a rhinoceros. So <laughs> uh,
1: you you are a large individual. That's where I kind of have a, an advantage, there because I can kind of get into areas that you you have to just basically stand out there like a sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're a timber ninja, and I'm a yeah. de- like I'm just like a. a truck going through the field so yeah Um, Yeah. well hey man I really appreciate you doing this last minute thank you very much for uh, hopping on if you guys haven't checked out the Missouri Woods and Water podcast it's great if you live in Missouri it's also great because they cover a lot of nationwide issues as well so uh, go check out Nate and the rest of the Missouri Woods and Water crew other than that uh, Nate man thank you and good luck with the rest of your summer
1: thanks buddy shoot your bow folks